0: 2.15, I'll tell you a little story that happened in my house this afternoon. Uh, Brett talked to Benjamin and Samuel and said, now it's Pioneer Club tonight, but Papa's going to preach, so do you want to be in here, or do you want to be over in Pioneer Club? I'm a big hit at home, so uh, yeah, they're over in Pioneer Club, um, So if you will please stand, we'll go ahead and read uh, 1 John 2, 15 and 16. Uh, Mr. Abshire stole my thunder a little bit this morning, because this was actually a verse that he mentioned. But the two uh, uh, messages today, I think, really blend well. So uh, I'm going to read this, if you'll follow along with me silently. Uh, Love not the world, neither the things that are uh, in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of this world. Uh, Thank you very much. You may be seated. So wasn't the message this morning wonderful from Mr. Abshire? Uh, That illustration of uh, uh, God and us and the world and uh, how important it is for us to keep our distance uh, from the world. Um, The Lord actually gave me... Three messages to preach tonight, so I hope that you've got some time. He really did give me three messages, Uh, and about two weeks ago, at that time I only had two messages, and so I thought, he hasn't told me which one to do yet, so I'm just going to get them both ready, and if he doesn't tell me before it's time to preach, I'll just have a vote or something. (laughs) But uh, then, in the meantime, since then, he gave me a third one, and that was the one that I felt that he wanted me to uh, talk to you about, and uh, that is about... Um, the Internet. Uh, as most of you probably know, um, that's what I do. My business is uh, building websites. So if you go to here, somebody built that thing that you get to. And I have a little company, and that's what we do. So I know a little bit about the Internet. And I think that there's a lot that Christians probably don't know about it that they should. Um, as a matter of fact, I, I talked to somebody on the way in today, and, and uh, they said, what are you preaching about today, Brian? And, and I said, well, I'm going to preach about the Internet and, you know, some things that you should know about for your daughter and for you. She said, oh, you know, I know all the, the good stuff about that. And I said, that's probably the most dangerous situation is when you think you actually know what's going on. So um, uh, some of these things, of course, you will know. Some of the things you won't. I hope they will be a help to you uh i've i've related a lot to a christian perspective and verses on these different things so uh one of the reasons why it's so important uh to pay attention to this particular media is because uh my take is that the internet is the world on steroids we talk about keeping your distance from the world and uh um i'm not saying don't do anything on the internet obviously i would be the world's largest hypocrite if i said that um but uh, it, anything that you can find in the world, most especially evil things that you can find in the world, uh, are very easy to find online. As a matter of fact, I would go so far as to say, um, I've done a little traveling in my life, and you can find things on the internet that you couldn't find in Amsterdam, that you couldn't find in Bangkok. Uh, there's some wild stuff out there that uh, is very difficult uh, to run into in the real world. Uh, and it's very important that you understand what you're inviting into your home, uh, what you're seeing uh, what your kids are seeing. And for those of you who aren't on there, this affects your grandkids. This, the internet affects everyone here. Um, I also want to put it out there right away and let you know I do not claim to have all the answers here. I certainly am not perfect in this area. I have wandered into areas that I had no business in being in on the internet myself personally, uh, both accidentally and on purpose. So this is a situation I am not in any way trying to say I am perfect about this. Um, so... Uh, it used to be that uh, people would preach about TV and how you should throw that TV out of your house. Well, I don't know if that soon in the future is going to be a concern because people are already getting rid of TV. You've got teenagers that are spending more time on the Internet than they do on TV anyway. Uh, So I just want you to understand uh, how big of a deal this is. As far as teens go, uh, how many people here, when they were in junior high or high school or something, took a typing class? Who took a typing class? Look at all these hands. Okay, so our high school that we have here in the school is fully computers. It's all computers, Okay, And they don't even need to have a typing class. All the kids just know. Uh, So I think, again, I think that should tell you something um, about the popularity of it. I suppose you could probably find typing classes. Uh, I talked to a friend of mine who is at uh, um, uh, Tech High. It's the high school here in Sonoma State. And he said he knew some kids who took a typing class just basically to have an easy class um, and really wanted to work on the speed. We're talking about kids. This is how much they learn on computers. I don't know how many people type or have been secretaries, but it's not unusual to run into these hardcore geeks that can type 120 words a minute. OK? <laughs> that is really fast. You figure the cutoff for professional secretaries is usually around 60 words a minute. And uh, uh, so 120, whew. Um, so that's how prevalent this stuff is. Um, I hit that point, I hit that point. So, um, the last thing I want to hit before I really dive in here is to understand that what I'm telling you about here, I'm not so much indicating that you should run out and make yourself a whole bunch of rules. Uh, I know we preach a lot in this church about kind of how much rules don't necessarily help things. and then you need to address the heart. Um, and uh, that would be m- my urge about this, too, because the truth of the matter is, and I'll get into this more later, there's no way you could outrule the Internet anyway. There's a way around it, always, easily. Uh, I can think of more ways around rules than you can think of rules, so uh, I, that's not the answer, I don't think. Uh, and again, considering my take on the Internet being just the world times a 1,000, unless you're going to take your kid out of the world, you're not going to take him out of the Internet. Um, for that matter, I'm sure there's some Wi-Fi connection from your neighbor that they could get on anyway. So, um, so this is what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about a general overview. We're going to talk about who runs the internet. We're going to talk about social networking. I'll explain what that is. Brief little hit on email, because that's the most popular thing that's done online. Uh, talk about what you can do, and then I have a conclusion here. So, um... Overview. Uh, Some of the things that are most popular online, well, let me get back to that. Um, We've read uh, uh, in the Bible already that in the end times, things will get worse and worse, and things will move faster and faster, Uh, and I think that the internet is a great example of that. With the fast transmission of uh, information, um, uh, that's that's a perfect example of where this stuff is going. And... uh, And even the Internet itself, as it's maturing, you're finding more faster ways to communicate within that network that already existed. So, for example, five years ago, there really wasn't much of this social networking. Social networking is people communicating with each other, uh, not through email, um, through... uh, There's a lot of different ways of doing it. Most commonly, it's when you have a website where people can post their own information on it. Uh, And then different people can can access that. But that whole way of communicating didn't even exist even online five years ago. And now it's super popular. So even within the Internet, that's getting a lot faster all the time. Same with, uh, you may have heard of a term called peer-to-peer networking, uh, which is another way where people can directly and usually semi-anonymously or completely anonymously trade files uh, again, it's, it's usually, uh, the popular uses for that are for trading pornography and trading pirated software. So, uh, you know, name your sin and you will find it online. By the way, I should point out, this isn't in here, so here's a freebie for you. Uh, I want to remind everybody, and this will definitely affect adults too, pirating software, that means, like, installing software from your friend or whatever, that's stealing So uh, uh, keep in mind that there's no difference between walking into a store and grabbing a piece of software and sneaking it into your purse than there is from installing somebody else's software or music, same thing. That is stealing. That is a sin. Um, Moving on here. Social networking. Uh, One of the big things, uh, the reason why I brought up this social networking a couple different times, the most obvious example that people have heard of in social networking is MySpace, but there's a whole lot of them out there. And one of the reasons why I bring that up is because um, the Internet is a large subculture. uh, And then within that, you've got these social networking sites that are also subcultures. And they are somewhat anonymous, which brings out the absolute worst depravity that people have in them. Because I think, oh, well, people don't really know who's doing this, so I can just let it all hang out. And then on top of that, you've got the fact that, uh, you've got the bravado aspect, especially with teens, where people will even make up fake sin to brag about, so they're all bad on their little site there. Um, and so, and then you have to try to sort out, okay, how much of this garbage is true garbage that's in their heart, and how much of this is fake garbage that they're lying about, which obviously is still garbage. Um... As you can tell, I really think there's a lot of redeeming value in MySpace, and I'll come back to that later. Um, I guess the bottom line is, uh, the general, I mentioned subculture, the general theme of the internet, if I had to pick one, would be hedonism. It's self-serving and uh, about all the nasty little things that people hide that they can let hang out on the internet because people don't see them necessarily. Uh, so you, so uh, one might ask themselves, if I'm if I'm this down on it, you know, if I'm saying, look, there's drugs on there, there's sex on there, there's thievery on there, we've got people stealing software, we've got porn, we got hacker information. This is the way terrorists communicate with each other. Uh, we, this is the way deviants troll for their victims online. All of this different stuff is on there. You might say, oh, by the way, Craigslist, that wonderful service, I use it often, uh, we've sold our old pews through Craigslist. It's also a great way for people to find prostitutes. Um, it, there is nothing, there's no clean area of the Internet. And so when you look at this cesspool, you think, well, why in the world should you even be on it at all? Why should it be my business to do this? Uh, and what I would say is, again, it comes back to, it's the world. And the world, to, at some extent, is a cesspool, too. So unless you're going to lock yourself out, uh, there are there are some people who probably can live right now, and they can be fairly unconnected directly to the internet. Retired people would be the biggest portion of people that I would say probably can do that. But for the rest, of, and even then, they're still affected in some way through their uh, relationships they have. But the rest of us, I think, we're stuck with it. You know, I mean, if you want to live in this world, if you want to work in this world, you're dealing with this stuff. So you need to know how, as a Christian, that you should. So that's kind of my take, just to give you an idea of my general feel about, <laughs> about the industry I'm in. Um, and you'd be amazed, the kind of stuff I run into, how much business I have to turn away, uh, and the complete lack of shame uh, when people, uh, again, I'm getting ahead of myself, it totally blows me away. Um, so I guess what I'm saying is, there are definitely parts of the internet that you have no business being in, that I have no business being in. Um, and then there's other parts that are probably okay, and you just need to conduct yourself in a Christian way, just like you do walking down the street. You don't belong wandering in some, you know, strip bar or any bar, for that matter. Um, but what are you going to do? Lock yourself in the house? Uh, uh, go live in a monastery? No. You have to go out. You have to live in the world. And that's my take on the Internet. Um, it's a tool. Um, so in some ways, I actually, even the part where I say there's, parts, there's places where you don't... Uh, belong at all. Honestly, I have a little trouble with that myself. I mentioned hypocrisy earlier because in some ways I feel like the internet is is a tool a lot like um, I'm a big proponent of the second amendment. (laughs) I'm an NRA member and uh, I would say, you know, that a lot of guns are tools And it's what you do with them. It's not the actual object. It's what you do with them. And I would want to argue the same thing about the Internet, except for there are parts of the Internet that just have no redeeming value. And then I fall into the same argument that the anti-gunners do and say, well, there's some... Anyway. So I've got some hypocrisy going on, too. Um, But that's the introduction. So let's give you a little bit of history. Who runs the Internet? Now, after Al Gore invented the... No. Um... The Internet is actually an American invention. Uh, there was some uh, defense department stuff that went on dating back, I don't know, 50s, 60s, way back. Um, it switched over to the common technical stuff that we use now, the TCP/IP. Uh, TCPIP. The, the, the stuff that runs the Internet now switched over in the early 80s. So really, the Internet, as you know it, started in the early 80s. And it fits in with what uh, Brother Abshar was talking about this morning as far as... Uh, America, and our intentions, our society, and, you know, kind of going downhill. Um, because this is all American. It's all over the world now, but it was ours. We invented it. We, uh, you know, the, the language that's common online is all English. Um, so there aren't necessarily, it was purposely built so there wasn't any one group organization or company that run the internet. So when I say who's in charge of it, I don't really mean that as a, fig- a figure. Excuse me, I mean that as a figurative thing, because ah, I kind of struggled with a way to say this. There was kind of an internet royalty, shall we say the the Googles, the Amazons, the Craigslists, the um, O'Reillys. These groups, uh, their companies, their individuals, they're intellectuals, they're pseudo intellectuals who. And this does actually affect you, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> when you send your kids off, or you go off and play on the internet, you don't think about who set this up, or why they set it up, or what they're thinking about when they set it up. And then, so that's why this this, this applies. This internet royalty—they don't necessarily run it, but they set the tone for everything. And um, these people—I'm going to—I'm going to make some just huge, broad generalizations, okay? Um, but uh, being in the industry since. 95, having a lot of friends that are in the industry, talking to all these different people, save people, unsaved people. This stuff is accurate, and I've never heard anybody tell anybody this kind of information. These people are godless, lost people that are absolutely um, militantly social, uh, socialist, liberal, communist leanings. Okay, uh, these people. Um, the only thing that they are more anti the only thing that they are more anti than Christianity, is Scientology, and I'll come back to that. That blows me away. They actually, they really hate Scientologists. They just kind of hate Christians. Um, uh, so, um, science is their religion. These are smarmy pseudo-intellectual know-it-alls. These are the people who run this stuff, and I got to tell you, they're not interested in the moral implications of any of the stuff they do. What they're interested in looking at is what uh, what will make money, number one, and number two, what will satisfy their goals, what they're trying to do, what they're trying to expand, and and what usually what they're trying to do. These people they're very um, they're very open to everything except for what we'd have to say. They're open. They're um, you've heard of the term open source? Uh, it has to do with um, software licensing, um, but it it has to do with the it boils down to them saying that information should be free. Information wants to be free and we should put everything we can out there for everybody, okay? Which obviously has moral implications in and of itself. Um, So, but, so they're open to everything except for the kind of stuff that would come out of here. Um, And what they would usually, uh, if they aren't outright uh, uh what am I trying to say here? They usually, they'd usually uh, call themselves secular humanists. Now, we've talked about secular humanism here before. I'm going to give a brief definition. Secular humanism is a philosophy that upholds reason, ethics, and justice, and specifically rejects the supernatural and spiritual as a basis of moral reflection and decision making. Now, how you can come up with it being a philosophy of ethics and justice without having a source for that, I have no idea. Uh, so I don't claim to understand them in the first place. Um, But these are people who will study Christianity specifically so they can debate against it. They're not, and I've talked to these guys, they're not looking at it because they want to learn, they're not looking at it because they're open in any way, they're looking at it because they want to try to poke holes in any discussion that you can have with them. Um, And here's the funny part, when they want to try to have these debates, it's not really, they don't even care if they win. It's about how they can look smart and how they can make you look dumb. Okay? So this is about tearing people down and building themselves up. Um, so what they do is they, they get together, they, they uh, uh, think these things through, and then they congratulate themselves about, on their intellectual superiority and how stupid the rest of the world is. These are the people who write these applications. These are the people who develop this stuff. Um, and it filters all the way down. I'm not just talking about, like, owners of these companies. I'm talking about all the little employees, the guy who just got hired last week, the Pierce tattooed whatever with a dog running around the office. This, they're all this way. Um, and uh, uh, even, the, even the new hire, um, uh, there is a very superior attitude um, uh, that, that these people will have. Now... We can all have this attitude. I, again, I'm painting with huge brushes. I'm sure there are a few nice people in this industry. I'd like to think I'm one of them. Um, but uh, I think people go through their daily lives and they deal with this stuff all the time through this media, and they don't understand who these people are that are uh, developing this stuff. So, as I think about these people, it reminds me of Romans one twenty. And Romans twenty one twenty says this. It says, "For the invisible things of him." from the creation of the world, are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so they are without excuse. So that's saying people are everyone, God has made himself known to everyone. Uh, Because of that, when they knew God, uh, because of that, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened professing themselves wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, into birds, into four-footed beasts, and creeping things. And that is exactly what these people are doing. It's exactly, and they're congratulating themselves about how smart they are and how dumb we are. Um, Which brings me to another point. Uh, In their intellectual musings, they'll come up with little models that are usually designed to make religion, and specifically Christianity and Christ, look stupid and them look smart. And these are not, these, these models, these intellectual models, they're not new. They've been around for a long time. There's a couple of old ones that I actually, I mentioned to Jeff earlier, he was familiar with. There's one called the Celestial Teapot that a guy came up with, I don't know, 70 years ago. There's another one called the Invisible Pink Unicorn, uh, which is designed to show how ridiculous Christianity looks to the rest of the world. But the most popular new one that I wanted to bring up to you is one called um, the Flying Spaghetti Monster, okay? The argument is, and this is incredibly popular, by the way. If you were to look this up, you will find this all over on the Internet. Uh, there was a guy, I don't know where he's located, but he was protesting that uh, there was a school board, or maybe it was a whole state, I'm not sure, in Kansas, that was going to start teaching, uh, start teaching intelli- intelligent design. Basically, intelligent design is watered-down creationism. It's saying there was some intelligent thought behind creation. We don't know what it was, but it wasn't just... It didn't just happen, okay? So it's watered-down creationism. And this guy was so bent about that being preached that he invented his own little fake spoof religion called the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster, okay? And he sent a letter to Kansas, and I'm telling you, this demonstrates exactly the way these people think, okay? This isn't an anomaly of one weird guy. This is the way they all think, okay? So he said, if you're going to be teaching some random crazy thing about how the world came to be, well, then you need to teach mine, too. And mine says there's this giant flying ball of spaghetti with two meatballs that created the world, and it needs to be taught by your teachers, and our sacred books say that they have to wear full pirate regalia while they teach this. And we'll come out and we'll teach you how to do it. And they are dead serious about this. I mean, there's, this, there's all these people that have joined the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster. Jeff, can, or excuse me, Jason, can you put up some pictures here? This is uh, uh, a popular image of the Flying Spaghetti Monster online. Obviously, you can see where that came from. Uh, everybody remembers the little fish that some people put on the back of their bumper sticker on their, on their car? I, I'm not a big fan of that, but some people do that. Go to the next one over here. This is the Flying Spaghetti Monster. Now, I'm not kidding. Uh, uh, I I talked with somebody I know who said, I mentioned O'Reilly earlier, like half the people in their parking lot have this on their car, I've been told. Okay, so this is like, first you got the fish, right? It's okay to laugh, it's funny. Um, Then you've got the Darwin people. So I don't know if they're quite militant. They're like, okay, I'm creationist. But these guys are the guys that I think are just making fun of Christ. Uh, And... uh, you know, I don't know what more to say about it other than to give you a feeling of how these people are. Now, I mentioned that they actually hate Scientology more than they hate Christianity. And now, I have a theory about why. I don't know this, but this is my theory. The word science is in their name. That really <laughs> bothers them. Um, the other part is that uh, Scientologists, now, of course, that's a total cult. Okay, we all agree they're bad. Um, but one of the bad things that the Scientology cult does is they actively pursue pulling information about them off the Internet, which, as I've described, these guys, oh, they hate that. The idea that you could take down information that was proprietary. They don't think proprietary exists. These guys are the guys who think we should all run around and steal all of our software, steal all of our uh, music. They hate Microsoft. I'm not a big Microsoft fan either, but um, um, so that's why they really hate Scientologists. So here's the funny part. Now that I told you about this, you may actually run into this. There was a... uh, protest against Scientology in Santa Rosa like a month or two ago, they don't get much press. And these are these, again, these hardcore geeks. Well, what they'll do, they'll go out in front of the Church of Scientology wearing pirate outfits and having flying spaghetti monster signs. And it's like a total inside joke. I'm sure people drive by, they're like, what the heck's with these kooks, you know? Um, but that's actually what this is. They're, they're purporting, look how ridiculous the Church of Scientology is. It's as dumb as teaching the flying spaghetti monster as a pirate. And they say the same thing about Christianity, too. Um, so, that's who runs the Internet. Pretty weird. Um, it took me a long time to learn that, actually. Uh, and that really, you know, if you talk about who's building the app, the stuff that, you know, that MySpace, all this different kind of stuff. I talked to a guy who went to uh, um, a uh, local camp that was specifically for people who were developing social network stuff. It's like Foo Camp. Do you know what it's called, Jeff? It's, it's, it's Okay. Well, anyway, all these geeks get together and camp together, and they talk, trade all these ideas about how they can do all this cool social networking stuff, basically you know, how they can amp up MySpace even more. And... Uh, he said it was really interesting because uh, this person I was talking to was in high school, very sophisticated internet user. He, uh, so not, uh, not your average high school uh, uh, internet user. He said, you know, they never talked about whether they should do any of it. They were just talking about how cool it would be to do whatever it was. And that's totally true. I mean, I wouldn't even expect them to have that conversation. Um, so... Uh, so social, social networking, I'm talk, I've talked about that some. I've given some examples. There's other examples. Facebook is another popular one. Um, isn't, I, honestly, I can't think of any that are as bad as MySpace. Almost any other one is probably okay. Um, uh, uh, LinkedIn is kind of a professional version. Facebook was kind of the college version, but now it's actually moved down uh, to high schoolers. A lot of time. By the time you get to high school, kids have graduated out of Facebook, or excuse me, uh, MySpace. Although, I know our high school kids have both MySpace and Facebook. Uh, When I say our, I'm talking about in our high school. Um, And there's uh, there's an important thing to bring out about this, which is this weird quasi-anonymity where people don't really know who you are, and that's why kind of the ugliness comes out. Um... The weird part is sometimes people do know who you are online and you realize that and they don't really care Um, where people post things because the subculture is one where profanity and sex and drugs and all this stuff is totally accepted. As a matter of fact, you're weird if you don't say the F word every third word. Um, Seriously, you are. That that is the norm there. Um, If you've seen your kid's site and it doesn't have all that, that's because they have multiple sites and they gave you the clean version. Um, I'm not kidding, guys. I'm not kidding. Um, and, uh, where is I going with this? Uh, so, part of, like I said, part of it is real garbage, and then part of it is just kind of puffing up to make yourself be all big and bad. Um, and it's very difficult to sort out which is which. Um, of course, as parents, we'd like to think that it's all garbage. When I first ran into this, I was just, this was years ago, and I was just blown away by the kind of stuff that was out there. And I totally bought every line. I thought, wow, you know, these people, you know, I thought this kid was nice or this adult was nice or whatever. I was totally wrong. What a a dirtbag this person is, right? But then I actually learned more about it. And you have to go kind of the next level to realize a lot of the stuff is fake. And it's not so, you know, I'm not going to say that you can pin somebody exactly on uh, what it says in there. Um, The truth of the matter is... uh, because of this feeling of anonymity where you have a fake name you put on there, but your friends know who you are, and other people may, they may not. People will post things. I mean, like, I just talked to somebody the other day who his cousin got in trouble because she was bragging about how she went out and got drunk, but she knew that the person, the, her, her uncle was, had access to her site. I mean, I don't know if it's just like kids being stupid and not thinking it out, or, you know, shock, uh, or what. I, I think it's part of the culture, though, is that this is so accepted. And I think that a lot of assumptions are made about adults that are on MySpace, for example, that if you have a MySpace account, well, then you're a cool adult that kind of will let things slide. And I think people probably look at you differently. At kids, as an adult, if you have a MySpace, even if it's totally clean, will look at you differently because of that. Um, uh, which, by the way, is the reason why I think that nobody should have one. Um, da, 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 da. Uh, now, uh, there's a thing about being anonymous, because you can be completely anonymous. I mean, you, you can set these things up in a fake name. There's no connection back. There's all kinds of different things you can do. But God thinks that your name matters. I mean, God has all kinds of stuff in here about genealogy and everything that uh, your name is important, the line that you came down is important. Proverbs 22, one says, a good name is rather to be chosen than many riches and loving favor rather than silver and gold. So clearly, if your reputation is important, then anything that you would consider doing anonymously is probably suspect. Um... <laughs> and then, of course, the other, the other angle is, Probably most people, even when they think they're being anonymous online, they're not. Uh, it depends on the kind of the level of intelligence you're dealing with. Uh, there was a recent case uh, happened, I don't know. I actually watched this real-time happening online um, six months ago. Uh, there's this guy. He is now forever known as the Xbox moron, okay? This guy ripped off somebody's house, stole his Xbox, and then sent somehow... I'm so blessed that I don't know anything about video games. I don't know hardly anything about social networking, but I'm telling you I've done research on. So I guess you can talk to each other online through these video games. So the guy sends this video game, Hey, I stole your Xbox, man, but you can buy it back for 200 bucks. So this guy posts all the information he can find about this person uh, online. Um, he posted on another social networking site called Dig, DIG is uh, a website where, basically, it's news type related items. And you can post anything you like. And if other people like it, they vote for it. And it goes up to the front where everybody sees it. And if you don't like it, you bury it. And then less people see it. Okay? So it's kind of like a competition thing. Ooh, can I get mine high? Well, this thing went straight to the top. Thousands of people saw this. All these internet geeks who were outraged that somebody would steal this guy's Xbox all started going to work on this guy found he had a YouTube site with this lame, like, rapping thing that was awful, posted that, posted the, the guy, found his MySpace account, found his girlfriend's MySpace account, posted his mom's address. This guy from England started calling and interviewing the mom. They're putting posts of the two of them talk back and forth. This is happening, like, real time, online. This whole thing. I mean, the guy totally went down in flames worldwide within, like, I don't know, a day of this starting. And the moral of the story is, He wasn't really anonymous. (laughs) Um, And to that end, there's one other thing that I'd like to show you as far as just realizing that stuff that's out there can be tracked back to you and doesn't necessarily go away right away. There's something else called the Wayback Machine. There is actually an archive that keeps copies of web pages. So if you put something up and then you take it down later, it can still be there. Uh, Can you pull up a a web browser and go to archive.org, I think is the address, isn't it? And, uh, actually, open another tab, too, once you go there, and just go to today's Google page. So this is Google now, right? Okay, go back over to the archive. Search for Google. This is what Google looked like. See all these different dates dating all the way back to 1998? Click on 98. Welcome to Google. That's what Google looked like in 1998. you come a long way, baby. Um, go to a newer one. We, we saw that. Yeah, there. Ooh, Google beta. So my point in showing you this is to show you, because you posted something and took it back down, doesn't mean it's not still out there. There's stuff out there from 10 years ago. Um, so yeah, keep it in mind. Again, it just goes to the value of your name and stupid things you might do now. Oh, I don't know if I even add, had this in here, but employers look at this kind of stuff. College entrance guys look at this kind of stuff. They look for MySpace. They look for your blog. They look at all that stuff that's out there. They do. Because I'm an employer. I do that. I have not hired people. I've had people send me resumes that had their blog on it. And again, this goes to this whole thing about where they kind of know people can get to it, but they don't really get it or care or something, where I go to this guy's website that he put on his resume, and he's bragging about how thorn he was last weekend, whatever. (laughs) Winner. (laughs) You're not getting this job, bud. (laughs) I don't even know where to go with that. Um, So... And I mentioned some other social networking stuff. YouTube is a social network. That's where you can post videos of really bad lip-syncing to rap songs. Or um, the other thing that I followed this Xbox moron guy on was um, Twitter. (laughs) I want to talk about a waste of time. Twitter is a social networking site. And again, social networking is just places where you can post information about yourself. Where you have like one-liners and you can say, what you're doing? What are you doing? Uh, I'm at work. What are you doing? I'm this. And then all these different people can subscribe to your Twitter thing. So they'll always, because you're so important. Everybody wants to know exactly what you're doing all the time. That's the concept behind it. Um, so this guy was Twittering all the time. Oh, this guy just, the cops called me and eh, whatever. Um, eh. So my reason for mentioning that I thought that of all these tools, honestly, I think all these different tools do have redeeming value other than the MySpace, because I really, I've talked to people. I can't find, you know what a MySpace site is for? i just, I can't get off this. Therefore, declaring your undying love to your first girlfriend and guys and girls, um, therefore posting lyrics to the last song to make you look deep, um, for playing your favorite song, for re- putting really bad animations in the background so you can 't read anything <sighs> um, and the reason why I think even if you 're going to have a clean one, you should abstain is because of for, uh, first Thessalonians. 5:22, which says, "Abstain from all appearances of evil." I think people, even if they have a clean version of this, it's that particular area is such a cesspool. It's like walking into a bar and not having a drink. Congratulations, you have no business being there. Um, and they're legit. You know, there's real uses for it. People use it to stay in touch with their family back east and this kind of stuff. But I think, I really do think that other people who have MySpace accounts who understand the subculture are going to look at you differently, even if you have a clean one. So that's my take on it. Um, Okay, and we haven't even talked about the really evil stuff. There are people out there who are actively out to hurt you on these things, okay? Not only do you have, um, and there's a whole language to it. I didn't even know this. I learned this. If somebody is like, uh, I was going to say, if someone's flaming you, but you probably don't know what flaming is either. Uh, flaming is when they are yelling at you online. Uh, when somebody's really trying to be hurtful to you in some way, and it could be through MySpace, or it could be email, or it could be instant message, or it could be texting, all these different wonderful ways we have to communicate. Um, it's known as, uh, to grieve. Somebody's just trying to grieve you. Um, and the people who go out and try to do that, they are trolls trolls just go out to try to grieve people. So there's this whole subculture of these people who are just basically evil. That's their only goal. And uh, the problem is more sophisticated users, people who are more sophisticated than your kids or you, even if you think you're that sophisticated, a lot of times really will take these hurtfully and don't understand where they're coming from and how lost this person is and how pathetic this person is and really get hurt by this. Um, more sophisticated users can just blow it off. and Be like, wow. (laughs) This person has nothing better to do with their time. Uh, So those people are actually safer. But the people, like, honestly, the people that are in our high school, your kids, most people out there, this is a real danger for them. Um, And there have been, um, um, you know, um, documentations of people committing suicide over harassment online. Um, There was this uh, one girl who hung herself who it turned out, somebody who didn't like her, her mom, created this fake guy and like led this girl on for like six months and then told her how terrible she was and how the world would be better with off, uh, off without her and the girl killed herself. Uh, I mean, it's just like, obviously that's a very extreme example. Uh, but this stuff happens. Um, there are, uh, there are at this, t- well, at the time that I read this article, Thousands of registered sex offenders who had MySpace accounts in their own name—they're real intellectuals. But if there's that many that have it in their no- own name, how many people have them in somebody else's name? It's got to be like a thousand and one, right? I mean, of course, they probably all—they're all probably working like a hundred profiles each. Uh, but. Uh, dads, it's your job to protect your kids from this stuff. And, uh, these people are evil, and it doesn't matter if you have daughters or sons, because these guys are after your sons, too. You got teenage kids that are, you know, confused, weird hormones flying around all over the place, don't know who they are, what's going on, unhappy, because that's how you're supposed to be at that age. They don't know that. And you got people offering up reasons why, maybe they're feeling, maybe you're homosexual, maybe you're, maybe you're, I don't even know what the right term is, maybe you're flexible in that area, and they're throwing out these reasons to try to make them, hey, I'm different, I'm unique, and that's cool right now, by the way, um, and plant these ideas in people that are just vulnerable, and it's our job to watch out for them, um, and it starts out early, too, by the way. The social networking stuff. I talked about some of the older stuff. They got a set to bring them up through. You got Neopets. Neopets is where you kind of, like, grow a little virtual pet. I think it's aimed at tweens. I'm not exactly sure of the age. Um, and you can text back and talk back and forth to each other. And then uh, what's the other one that I had in here? Um, Penguin Club. Club Penguin. Same idea. This is, And again, now, the one I'm going to harp on is MySpace, because the other stuff I did research and I couldn't find anything that just said it was pure evil the way I found the, the MySpace stuff is. And again, back up. Don't make rules about this, because they'll just move from one to the other. There's no point in saying you can't do whatever. I know it sounds like I'm backpedaling because I'm saying MySpace is worthless what it is. And I, I don't know. But uh, if you make a rule from one thing, they'll just move over to their MySpace account or they'll you know, This is an, an issue that has to be dealt with in the heart. Uh, I, I don't see it being fixed by rules. But I'm saying there's a whole grooming thing to bring kids up to get them into the next step. Um, MySpace, blah, 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 trolls, grieving, suicide. Um, there is even, you should be aware of this, uh, there's a lot of free software out there just to make it especially easy to try to fake your parents out or your boss about what you're working on. Stuff that makes it easy to flip back and forth in a heartbeat. Uh, I was talking to uh, uh, one of my friends who's kind of my inside spy working on this stuff. He said, you would be amazed how good this software is. You can have your parent in the room with you and they'll never know. Same thing with your boss. I mean, <laughs> they work for me. They could be doing the same thing to me. Um... But uh there's software and it's free. That makes it it's invisible to install and it it is absolutely seamless as far as switching back and forth to make it look like you're doing something legitimate. Oh I'm doing homework, mom. Um so I think the important thing about here is uh uh when you engage in this kind of stuff. Make sure that you're not putting, as, as far as the danger side goes, you don't put anything private in there. I mean, there's people who go out there and, I mean, these you know, 14-year-old girls, and they're talking about how they're going to go meet at the mall, whatever. Next thing you know, some slime ball's over there meeting them at the mall. Um, so uh, private information is absolutely a no-no. And uh, I come back to the parents on this because the subculture can blow people away. Uh, adults run into big trouble on MySpace, too. Um, there was a teacher in Austin who lost her job, she was an art teacher, who lost her job because her partner, um, she posted, her partner posted, if you understand what I'm saying here, follow the lines, uh, a topless photo of her in her MySpace site, and she got fired for that. Brett was actually surprised she got fired for that. Um, she, wow, they fired her for that? Um, and uh, But the thing that's amazing to me about this isn't that they did it, it's that there was just no shame. It's art. Yeah, I want the teacher who's topless in, on my class. Yeah. Um, no shame about this. There was a mayor in Oregon who got fired because they had pictures of, her. she again, not they, she posted pictures of herself on her MySpace site uh, in uh, very scanty underwear on one of the city fire trucks. She's the mayor. It's funny. (laughs) Laugh. It's funny. And, uh, but you know what her defense was? Her defense was, that was up three years before I got hired. Great. Yeah, mistake. We'll hire you back. Um, so, and again, I think the reason why people do things that are just this dumb is because you get, um, you get in this subculture where all of a sudden, this is the norm instead of, Everything else that you've ever been told in your entire life, and you start, you know, typing the F word every third word. And uh, I, I'm telling you, it happens. So, um, da, 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 da. okay, finish that one. Okay, quick topic here um, email, most popular thing that's done online. Um, a couple points about this, and I think it goes to the point I said earlier about how important your name is to God and protecting your name. Um, when you send emails, if you think that you need to have somebody else check it before you send it, call them. Don't send the email. Call them. Or better yet, go face to face. If there's anything that's kind of like touchy, you don't get any tone in, in an email. So, uh, and I would say the same thing security wise. If there's anything that you need to tell somebody that's sensitive security wise, like for me, it's common to passwords, don't email passwords. Pa- email is like a postcard. Anybody can see email if they wanted to bad enough, OK? So uh, be careful about what you say in an email. And um, when you write one, always assume that it will be interpreted the worst possible way. You figure, read it. OK, how could they make this be really, really, really bad? OK? Because assume that they're going to forward it to somebody. Assume they're going to forward it to like, the worst possible person. Okay. Conversely, when you receive an email, make yourself look at it the best possible way. Because there's a chance that they meant it that way. Um, uh, I think that's the Christian thing to do. And I have found so many people who get themselves in trouble for assuming the worst when that wasn't the case. I just talked with a client the other day who, their last web developer, essentially fired himself. They hired somebody to do something else and he threw this total hissy fit and got all upset that they'd fired him, whatever, and they never had any intention of letting this guy go. But he was such a freak about the whole thing that when he got all upset about them firing him, they went with it. So <laughs> uh, assume the best possible. But again, I think the safety valve here is if you're really, you're not sure about this, whether you should send it or not, and you send a couple versions, and eh, just call them. Uh, it's the best way to stay out of trouble. So, <clears throat> I told, I'm switching over to this next section, which is what, you can, what can we do about this. Well I already said what you can't do. I really don't think you can outrule the Internet. Um, if, you, if you say this social networking thing is not okay, then they can switch to another one. Uh, the Internet overall, you know, everybody has it. Their friends have it. Your friends, you have it. You have to run it at work. You, uh, there is no way of getting around it. So um, it's an issue of the heart. You know, this is something, it's a salvational issue. Save people that are right with God don't conduct themselves in an unchristian way just because they're in this weird subculture, okay? My only answer to people who are saved, who still engage in this kind of stuff, is that they must have had their conscience seared. And we've talked about that before. So I think it is actually possible for people who are saved to engage in this kind of bad stuff and what I'm referring to here is buried here at the end, and I'll come back to that later. Um, but engage your kids. Think about this yourself and how it affects you. Um, you know, bring your kids to church. Participate with things with them. Um, be involved in their life. Know what they're doing online. I mean, these are not new things. Um, I wish I could tell you that you could go out and just make a couple rules and it would all go away, but it's, it's not going to happen. Uh, I think we've got a generation of kids that are flabby, uh, 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 out of shape, that sit in front of the computer and stare at the tube and drool. And that could be a monitor, or it could be TV, and um, uh, as parents, I'm kind of flabby myself, <laughs> as parents, we need to engage them and go out and do things with them and be a part of their life. Um, Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. That's a promise from God. Now, we've talked about this before. In order for that promise to come true, you actually have to train them upright, which is a pretty tricky thing. <laughs> but uh, it is a promise from God. Um, so my conclusion here, I kind of jumped ahead a little bit before, But if you're doing things online that you shouldn't be, and you say you're saved, there's something wrong. Something major wrong. So you have to ask yourself, if you believe in God, then you know he sees what you're doing. So, again, my take is either you're not saved or you've been so submerged in this subculture that you've allowed yourself to be desensitized by it. And i got to tell you, when other people who haven't been desensitized to it go and see it, their eyeballs are going to pop out. Because that's what happened to me years ago, the first time I was ever exposed to this stuff. Um... Now, unfortunately, when you get saved, the war of the flesh is not over. Uh, you know, you get more attacks coming your way, um, but God does give you that way out always, and which unfortunately also makes every sin that you make your willful choice. Um, I think what it comes down to is to understand that God gives special privileges to his people, but he also requires special responsibilities— And holiness, separation from the world, is one of those requirements. And it's pretty light cost, considering what we got from it. I mean, I hate to look at it like a trade. It's not a trade. But uh, it is giving him his due. And uh, so uh, I would ask that you all uh, think and pray about this. And if you feel that uh, uh, you don't... This is exposing something to you that you wonder if you have the right relationship or are saved at all. Then think about that. Uh, um, as we know, as we've read, uh, all you have to do is believe and receive Jesus as your Lord. And Lord, that's all the way. That's everything. That's, that's how you conduct yourself all the time everywhere. And we all blow it. We're not, none of us are perfect. But this is an area where it's really easy to blow it. And that's why I'm going there. Uh, so, um, that is what I had for you today, and I hope that you find it helpful. Thank you very much.